Hello, and welcome to a new podcast for The Lancet to accompany our global pathology series. I'm Gavin Cleaver. This new series takes a broad look at pathology across the world. Pathology is a cornerstone of modern medicine, ensuring that patients are correctly diagnosed and given the appropriate treatments. But here's Dr. Ken Fleming, overall lead in our global pathology series, to tell you more about it. Pathology, and by pathology I'm defining pathology in its broader sense here, so including things like microbiology, hematology, histopathology, which, which is what I am, uh, genetics, immunology, and all the rest of it, so in all, those, all of the laboratory sciences. There is a tendency in some places, particularly in uh, the U.S., to talk about pathology. They mean only what they call anatomic pathology or histopathology, but it's a much broader church than that. And the reason for emphasizing that is that uh, in a, any modern medicine, you're, a large part of what you're doing in investigating patients is relying on doing tests from the laboratory or sending material to the body, the laboratory for testing which then gives you answers to your your particular questions and increases your accuracy of diagnosis. And it's estimated that something on the order of about 70, 60 to 70% of all diagnoses are made in the laboratory or depend on laboratory results. So it's a completely foundational part of any medicine nowadays where you first thing you need to get is an accurate diagnosis. What has this patient got or not got? And once you've got that information, you've got a much better idea of uh, then tailoring the appropriate treatment for that patient. And so if you can't start off with the right diagnosis, and there is some evidence, although the data, we don't really have enough data, but there's some evidence that in the absence of uh, half-decent pathology services, you get quite a lot of errors. So the classic one is quoted, particularly from Life of Africa, is that patients who present with fever thought clinically perhaps to have malaria. About 50% of them don't have malaria when you do proper investigations. And they tend to get treated with malaria therapy, which then tends to lead to increased resistance. It means, of course, patients don't recover from the disease or the the underlying problem that they've really got. So it's bad for the patients. It's bad for uh, your wasting resources and all that sort of stuff. So fundamentally, why pathology is important for low-middle-income countries is mainly because many of them, And again, we don't really have great hard data on this, but it's quite clear that in many around the world, uh, the pathology services are very sparsely um, distributed, tend to be in big towns, big cities, uh, not available to the rural populations, or even within the big cities, uh, not available to a large, mainly because in many places you have to pay and people can't afford it. And then even when it is available, actually the service standards can be pretty ropey, pretty variable. The issue is, given that, uh, as I say, what I've explained about pathology being fundamental to all modern medicine therapy, if you don't have that, you're going to make mistakes and patients will suffer and, and there's an economic um, impact as well. Partly patients are off work for longer and partly, of course, wasted resources. And it's not just diagnosis because nowadays we monitor patients' result, uh, responses to therapy using pathology tests whether it's biochemistry or microbiology or whatever it is, you, you actually monitor to see how they're responding, how they're responding the right way. Should I increase the dose? Should I increase, decrease it? Should I try something else? So there's a whole lot to do with uh, both diagnosis but also monitoring and uh, guiding therapy and then mo- and monitoring its response. And there's a variety of other uh, components of the importance. But it's really a fundamental building brick of, upon which all of the uh, modern medicine is built. So what could be done to, to address this problem in broad terms? I mean, it's a massive problem. I mean, 
semi jokingly say on occasions that it's a 50 year problem. Uh, but you'd have to start like everything else. You know, if you don't start, you will never get there. Um, and basically, we've identified in a series of papers uh, three, four, five uh, particular problems. So there's a shortage of staff. So we need to increase the training programs and education programs. But it's not simply training people like me, although that's important, because the number of shortfalls is just so massive that uh, you'll never get there. So what we need to do also is find ways of what's called sometimes task shifting or task sharing. So training people who can do components of the pro uh, the, the the activity. But uh, and train them well to do that. I mean, that's an important part of, of, of uh, increasing capacity. Would you say that this problem, as it stands now, is, is a real threat to the SDGs? Yes. Uh, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, the SDGs are a very large number. But if you actually look at uh, many of them, they do uh, depend on accurate diagnosis and accurate monitoring of therapy. And if you don't have that through the lack of uh, access to decent pathology, you are going to make mistakes and it's going to undermine the, our ability to actually achieve those SDGs. The impact on patients of poor diagnosis or inappropriate treatments can be massive. And in lower and middle income countries, the lack of pathology and laboratory services can lead to diagnosis being based on nothing more than a good guess. Furthermore, the education and training required for these services is just not being developed. At current rates, it would take 400 years to match the pathologist-to-population ratio of sub-Saharan Africa to that of the UK or US. I spoke with Dr John Nkengasong, head of the African Centres for Disease Control and Prevention, about his role there and the impact of the lack of services on African countries. Over the last uh, couple of years, we've witnessed that there are about five major limitations or challenges. One is the workforce. You need a competent workforce on the continent, which is um, severely lacking. Second is uh, the, the, the inability to have proper infrastructure. So if you go to most uh, countries' hospitals, you see dilapidated structures that are used as, as laboratories, which, of course, do not produce quality results. Thirdly is lack of quality assurance for the, the test results that are produced. Fourthly, the equipment maintenance is a huge challenge across the continent because most of the equipment are imported across um, uh, from the developed world to the underdeveloped world. And lastly, you have the issues of sub, uh, uh, supply chain management and, and transport of, of specimens around from those remote areas to, to the, at least the tertiary labs in, in urban areas. So those are the five major areas of challenges why uh, pathology has not actually advanced the way it should uh, to support clinical care and public health on the continent. What will be kind of the first step towards uh, towards addressing those problems? Uh, I believe there are two levels of, of interventions that we've advocated for over the years and, and, and continue to work on. One is a high-level global advocacy and, for, uh, and focusing attention on the, the importance and relevance of pathology in, 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 in clinical care. Unacceptable that um, a domain that the clinical care requires in 70% of its uh, 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 decision making is so, so neglected. We all know that um, in, in developed countries, uh, about 70% of uh, medical decisions are, are based on, on, on pathology. So in Africa, we need to a, advocate at a high level so that they, we build and broaden uh, the constituencies and make uh, the, the clinicians become more aware of the, the, the importance of using uh, pathology for clinical practice. Second, we want to make sure that the patients are stakeholders in this, I mean, uh, and educated, informed, 
patient base will definitely push the, the, the field and, and, and create a demand for, um, for a good uh, diagnostics and, and, and pathology. Um, uh, that, that is so important. Then secondly, it's at the level of, of uh, 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 the, the, uh, investment in technical components. So we need to make sure that we, uh, the quality of what is done now is done at the highest level and at uh, uh, most accredited or certified uh, facilities. That way you build trust. And if you build trust and then you produce quality diagnostics or pathology that are used for uh, uh, um, clinical decision making, then, then you begin to break the vicious cycle of the neglect there. I think that is uh, that is key for uh, I believe for for begin to to break the circles of of the, the neglect in in pathology that we see in in, uh, in developing countries. I, I think we need a, a collective uh, responsibility to improve that unique and critical domain of of, of medicine, which is uh, 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 pathology or lab medicine. I mean, uh, we need to broaden the stakeholdership, and mm -hmm. we need government on the continent of Africa to invest in, in improving laboratory medicine. We hope you'll read our series online now at thelancet.com, where there are three papers, linked comments, and a profile of Dr. Ken Fleming. Thank you for listening.